Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP Practitioner Course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. nlpwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning. As per usual, here we are. It is a wonderful holiday season. And I hope, well, I mean, the holidays are upon us and that is what it is. Um, I talked to you about last week uh, how exciting it is for me because I like the downtime in between. And with downtime comes extra time to work on entrepreneurial projects. And this is, I mean, such a time right now because when your calendar is low, when there's not much on, when, you know, the appointments, everyone pushes it, right? They say, let's talk after the holidays, talk after January 1st. That gives us a lot of open time for some of you. And if you have open time, it can disappear like that. Today's guest is going to help you to get that time back and to own that time. Uh, I love having conversations about time not management, ownership, time leadership, you know, like let's get gritty about this. My guest today is Chris Ward, um, an incredible author. She's the founder of Win the Hour, Win the Day. And she has this on the platform with her Amazon bestselling book. She helps entrepreneurs to systematically grow their business and enjoy personal life too. Uh, she has an incredible story we're going to get into about why this is so important for her. But she has been featured all over the place on award-winning uh, podcasts, more than a dozen and counting uh, top iTunes podcasts. Let's make that number 13 today because you're on with The Driven Entrepreneur and radio shows all across the U.S. and TV shows like The Riley Reports. Very excited to have Chris Ward with us. Chris, how are you doing today? I am. I'm great. I'm here. Right? We're all here. Yeah. We're all here. <laughs> so you, you know, have you always been, my, I mean, when I get someone on productivity, my first question is, is this a natural thing for you? Have you always been like as a little girl, were you into like time? Did you have binders and highlighters and that, you know, were you that kind of structured <laughs> kid or were you the exact opposite? Um, well, I'm in a family where they're not as articulate about say being organized as I am. So my mother says I came out of the womb with pen in hand making a list, but that's because she doesn't do any of that. So that's a great question. I would say I've always been ambitious about achieving a lot. But I think what happens with that, when you are the person that gets stuff done or the go-to person for a lot of people, you get this false sense of empowerment. So I thought I was really great at time management, but really there's a difference in time management and sort of making time empowerment your superpower. There's a difference there because actually being organized or feeling like you've got this together can give you a false sense and really limit you. 
Interesting. So you would say then, if I'm hearing you right, you were like, you could organize time and you were like a little more organized and structured and you had your lists, but it's not at all the philosophy you're using today, but you would fall into that category probably? Yeah. I mean, I did. I got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff done in the day. And that's why even when I had my own business, I was a couple of years in and I was thinking, no, you don't understand. I get a lot done in a day. So when people that were like really super successful would talk to me about some strategies for time management, I was, I had a real pushback with that because I was like, no, no, you don't understand. I get more done than anyone, when anyone else I know. Um, And I saw time management is really a heavy infrastructure that you had to plug into an existing system and just seemed heavy and clunky to me. So I did, in theory, think I got a lot done, but I had no idea that I was working against myself so viciously for so long. Well, talk to me about that, because you said a couple of different ways right now. I thought I was getting a lot done. It seemed like I was getting a lot done. Is it a question of getting things done that weren't as important as you thought they were or you know you're getting a lot done or was it an illusion completely tell me what 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 does it mean to kind of get things done or it seemed like you did well i think what i was doing is what a lot of entrepreneurs do and i was subscribing to the old way of doing things really where your personal life pays the price and you just work harder and harder and you buy new technology there's all these things coming at you for time management and you're just burning out repeating the cycle so what was happening is i did think i got a lot done but there was still so much more work to do. So, you know, I was doing things or leaning on things like everybody else does, a to-do list or just working later or doing all this stuff and thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm just grinding it out and I'm just working so hard. But it, it, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't having the impact on my audience or leveraging my time or seeing a huge growth in my, you know, financial returns every year is like, oh, once I get this done, once I get caught up, once after the holidays, once our website is up, there was always that, then we can get that project. So I didn't have, I wasn't able to navigate effectively and say, let's start this project and finish it in four weeks. And here are the milestones we're looking for. So like so many entrepreneurs, what I would do is I would dive in, try to do everything at the same time, multitask. And what I now call myself is a recovering rushaholic. And I thought because I was so driven and I cared so much and it was my business that all these studies on the brain and how, you know, we deteriorate our energy, like our battery by decision fatigue and lack of focus and all this stuff works against us. I thought that somehow, even though these studies were done at Harvard and everywhere else, I thought somehow my human brain was totally different than all the other brains they had examined because I cared so much. So there was things I was doing all the time that really, maybe it's kind of like, maybe I was a good swimmer, but I was swimming with a bag of rocks on my back. Right. I mean, you just described kind of me and even me today and yesterday. And and I know a lot of this stuff and I've, you know, been in in the world of personal development and professional development for, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, But yet I find myself in that kind of place where I'm it's almost like a, sometimes I'll manage like things that don't matter. Like I'm, I'm in the minutia trying to time manage, you know, the appointment here and a coaching call there. And I got to work on the next book here and little things like that. But I never stop and chunk all the way up, right? And get that 30,000 foot view and really own the time and say, what do I want to create this week? Is, is your philosophy on time a little bit like in that direction? Are we speaking that same language? Or tell me about what really owning the hour, owning the day means, or I don't know if that's the right question. 
Yeah, no, these are all great questions. So what I talk about is if you can win the hour, you can win the day. And so for me, I used to dive into Monday mornings with my to-do list in my hand. And I thought somehow Monday was going to be a longer day than usual. And I was going to take on the world. And so what I didn't realize on my to-do list is, of course, on some level, I'm cherry picking. And then I'm also going, okay, this one takes 20 minutes. This one takes two hours. I didn't know the fourth item took two days. So there was no measurement or strategy or no increments of time. And really, as my clients say, what it is is a list of percolating emergencies. So you'll deal with the emergency that rises to the top. So, so you don't good. have so yeah. Per, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the social media meme today, Chris. Are you dealing with percolating percolating? Percolating. Yes. Percolating yeah, emergencies. Like, <laughs> yeah, percolating emergencies. So, you know, what I talk about is. Time, the calendar was invented in the 1500s. And yet, it, we I don't care how tall, thin, handsome, whatever you are, how much money you have, we have the same amount of time. So you have to map that out on your calendar. So what I would say to most people is, if you break your day down into chunks of hours, you're far more accountable. But when you dive into Monday morning, you think you've got all Monday and you've got this big list of things to do. And of course, that never, you know, causes stress and it never solves any of the problems. And then you start moving that list to Tuesday. You really have no strategy or plan. So let me, let me give you a better example. Let's say we want to take a trip from New York to California. Of course, we're going to use a GPS because it's going to tell us immediately when we're off course. We're not going to be looking around the car saying, okay, what point do I tell these people we should have taken that turn two hours ago, right? Right away, you know, when you're off course, you know how long the trip's going to take. You've got all this valuable information, but if I said, let's take that same trip with a to-do list, we'd say things like we need gas money, we need snacks, we need clothes. That's not making you know us accountable for the trip. That's not the best plan. So if you would do that for, say, a weekend trip or something, wouldn't you want to do that for your business? Well, and how far off can you get really? You know, like when you just said that, if you want to do a trip based on a to-do list, all of a sudden you're like, oh, we need snacks. And then you're in the grocery store and then you go, oh, I forgot we don't have butter at home and you're getting that. And then you go, well, we need to get a jacket. And all of a sudden now you're at the clothing store and I could see yeah. myself so easily distracted, shiny object syndrome. And it, like, if you don't have the GPS, how do you know if you're actually off track? Because you're yes. getting the clothes and you're getting the food, right? Is that kind of what you're you, saying? That you're, absolutely. you're accomplishing things, but the wrong things. Right. And so you cannot improve what you don't measure, which means like to what you spoke to, what you can't, anything you do in your business, you should get like somebody that say goes to the Olympics or any level of excellence with athletes. Well, all they're trying to do is improve their time and their efficiency, right? And so what happens is if you're doing podcasts and as you move forward, you should be able to sort of do more and more in less time. And you should be able to have a bigger and bigger reach. And you should have systems that take more and more efforts because really you're the visionary for your business. And so what you want is to say, okay, great. We've, we, I've done this. We've got this down pat. What's the next thing? So for me, it's like, okay, I wrote a book. Boom. That's fine. What's the next thing? We're going to have a podcast. Boom. Okay. So I'm not there circulating the same work. I'm saying, all right, we have to have systems in place so I can hand this over to somebody else and I can leverage my time or I can be more effective with whatever you know responsibilities I have. They're not the same responsibilities this year as they will be next year or we wouldn't be entrepreneurs. Gotcha. And, and, and to that point too, you know, it sounds like where, where my mind went is, wow, if you finish something, how do you feel about systemizing things? Like, 
sometimes again, there's so many, my wife says you always have fires. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think I'm putting out fires. I, I really think that I'm accomplishing things in a systematic way, but to the outside world and even to my own spouse, uh, it looks like I'm constantly kind of responding to what's urgent, which certainly happens. Um, part of that though, I think is when we reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I, I wrote a book. And then like you said, you know, and now the next time I want to go write a book in the middle of that process, did I put any systems in place? Did I document anything? Did I figure out a way to be able to do it the next time with less time? Is that part of something? I'm sure you kind of, you agree on that to an extent, but is that part of like the philosophy as well? Or is that just yeah. my take on it? It's so easy to do. And like I said, anything you do once, you should be able to do 50 times over and do it quicker, right? So everything that we do, especially now with the technology, I could do something and just do a screen capture and then hand it to somebody else and say, make a process for this. Because not only should I be able to do it quicker the next time, but also, you know, maybe you write that book and you don't write another one for a year and a half and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. Uh, This happens with that, or I have to get this in. So no business was run on memory. Nobody at FedEx hands an organ over to you know someone and says, hey, you've got the address, right? That's not how it goes. There's <laughs> systems of efficiency, right? <laughs> you know where Joe Smith is, don't you? <laughs> yeah, check your pockets. You have the address. So that's not how it runs. And the thing is, because we're entrepreneurs and because we every time you climb a mountain, you go, oh, this is awesome. I thought, I thought my whole life would change when I got this book out. Now I want to do the next thing you know, you constantly have another mountain you want to climb. So you really need to have these things being able to done, be done quicker, faster, stronger, so that you're not still sitting in that when the sort of the flavor of the gum gets chewed out. Wow. Very, very good. Now, I know you have a, a, a pretty in- incredible personal story and a personal journey uh, back to the workplace and, and into the marketing world and really like where all this kind of started. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, about your family life, what life was like, and I know some major, major events happened and things changed for you. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I have a marketing agency and I was in business for about four years and I just looked around one day and I thought, I can't keep it up at this pace. I was working crazy hours. And also one day I, it's in my book, I almost electrocuted myself because I was in such a rush. And I just thought something's got to change. And as I said, I had a real pushback with time management because I got a lot done. And I looked out there and I just thought, uh, these strategies, these systems don't work for me. They're just heavy. And it's another thing to implement into my busy workday. So I really started to examine productivity feverishly and really start to look at really simple things that we could you know, put in place every day. And so I started to do that and I started to get results immediately And I started to learn things and see stuff and and couldn't believe how much easier, how much clarity, how much creativity, all this stuff that was happening for me. And that, you know, over time I went down from 16 hours a day down to like six, seven hours, take Friday afternoon off. And it was just night and day compared to the two lifestyles I was living. I was feeling really great about that. And that was awesome. And luckily I did that because it was not but a few years after that, that my husband was diagnosed with colon cancer. And I was pulled away from the business. And when I returned after his death, my clients were shocked. They were not aware of my absence. They had no idea what was going on. They, they just had no understanding of the world of anything. And so they started to gently ask me, you know, how was it I managed? How did they not know I, you know, that I was away? All this stuff. So, wow. you know, I wanted to help them because I saw everybody grinding it out. And I also, of course, had a renewed passion for how important life is. 
So I started working with them under the capacity of time management. And I started helping them get rid of 80% of their to-do list, 100% of their guilt, stop doing things that they hated that they didn't have time for, and really started getting those projects out where they wanted to have a bigger impact on their audience and make more money in less time. But the big thing is they started taking real vacations, not answering emails from a different location, but real <laughs> vacations, right? That, that's how we do vacation. Yeah. And so it was all their success stories that I said, okay, we need to help more people because I think business should be fun and life should be more fun. And that's how when the hour, when the day was born, I thought, let's get this book out there because I, I just don't think your, your life should be sacrificed because you have dreams. And also here's the reality, you know, that is something that happened to me, but that was my something right now. Other people have interruptions in their life and your business should support your life, not consume it. And you should be able to lean on it when there are interruptions in your life. So I want people to have the freedom to do that. And you can't, if you're grinding it out. Wow. Well, first, um, you know, what a litmus test and what a hard test to go through something like that. You know, when my brother was diagnosed with colon cancer as well, he was 36. Um, a few years back. And when, when that happened and, you know, it's like the world stops and anyone listening, yeah. you, when you have someone you love and someone so close to you go through something that's life threatening and potentially life taking, unfortunately, like it, it's all consuming and you don't, and it's a real test because you don't have time at that point to set up a system. You don't have time to, you know, you either you're in the office or you're not. And, you know, most of us, I think, choose to be with the people. And I was in the hospital every single day. And, you know, to watch, it's interesting to watch on the business side, isn't it? To watch what works, what doesn't work. Was there anything that you had in place that wasn't working? Like when you step back completely, I think it's an interesting test for us. Because I think some people, Chris, feel like maybe I have things pretty well. I don't know the word automated gets thrown around a lot, like a lot, just like passive income. I don't think either one is necessarily true. You know, automations mm -hmm. have to be managed at some point. Uh, but, you know, like say someone thinks they're mostly automated and mostly delegated and mostly in that right place. If you step back 100% completely from the business, I think you'd get a really interesting insight into what really works and what you think is going to work. You know, what the culture is. Yeah. Did yeah. you find anything during that time period that didn't work the way you expected it to? You know, that's a, not during that time, because first of all, as you know, the treatment itself, the specialists, the treatments, the surgeries, the chemo. And then on top of that, um, I wanted a certain quality of life for him. So we made an agreement, John and I, that either the doctors are wrong and you're going to live an, a really long time. And so we wasted these two years moaning and crying about it, or they're right. And we wasted these last two years moaning and crying about it. So wow. I also planned either way. Let's not waste. Yeah. So I said, wow. you know, I had surprises for him. We went on a trip that, you know, to go see family in England. He hadn't seen in a long time. There's all these things I planned, plus all the demands of just being in that system. That system alone is a full-time job. So for me, it, it, it shocked and surprised me how the team was able to leverage and take care of everything because of the systems we had in place. What I would say prior to that, though, is what really shocked me is I was working so hard in any given room, people thought I was somewhat smart. I was ambitious. I was organized. I thought I had all these characteristic traits. And I also took great pride in how hard I worked. And I thought I had all these traits that made for a very 
easy and successful journey as an entrepreneur. And then I look back and I go, oh my gosh, I was working against myself. I would work late and then get diminishing results and start the next day more tired, but think, oh, that's okay. It's my business. I care. I'll push through it. And even understanding that the best inventions of the history of humankind comes from times of creativity or uh, come from times of relaxation or play. That's where you get your creativity. So you can't be a visionary and be creative and come up with great ideas when you're exhausted, grinding it out, and you got the adrenaline going of what's the next thing, what's the next thing, what's the next thing. So I was shocked that all the stuff previous to that I thought made me a great employee or worker were all the things that were limiting. They were very short-sighted, very labor-intensive, and they they just didn't do me any favors. So that was shocking to me. Wow. Let, let's let's switch gears and talk a little bit specifically about setting up an hour. Um, okay. I, I really like your concept of... Uh, exactly how many minutes to use for what for an hour. So say, let's just say, let's start right now. Um, we're going to wrap up this interview and join our time together. But afterwards, it'll be evening for me on the East Coast. And I have, say, an hour or two hours or three hours. How, how do you look at like an evening? Most people, I think, look at it as an evening. Like you said, they look at it as a Monday and then they get home from work and there's a second chunk. And now it's when I'm home from work. How do you look at it, uh, an evening of three hours? Do you look at it as three opportunities, three individual hours to to set up? Tell me a little bit about kind of your mindset and like the, I don't know, I guess like the, the Terminator eyes, you know, like like when you look at something, what do you see and how do you break it up? Well, the first thing I do, everyone thinks it sounds like a lot of work and it's just easier to burn through it and rush through it than to plan it out. So what I would say to you is primarily you know, I talk about business and you can transfer this to your evening life for sure. So I do talk about breaking up the day. And again, because you have too many big chunks in that day to say Monday, and then I get all this stuff done. So you want to break those things up. Now, when I do that, I also think it's essentially hugely important to do things like stop for lunch. When I started this, I had to learn how to chew slower because I was so used to shoving food down my throat while I was emailing with one hand on hold with the phone on the other thinking, oh, no, no, that's fine. I'm on hold. That doesn't even count. And I'm, anybody can do emails. Hey, that's what successful people do. Yeah. That's what successful people do. We, we work hard. And when someone says, how's it going? You go, oh, it's busy. Yeah. Because that must mean that I'm not lazy. There's something about that, isn't it? If I was doing one thing, I was doing nothing. That's how I thought. So that's one thing. Now, what I say to people is you need to plan out your day. So quick example would be uh, not too long ago, something happened to my cell phone. I had to call Apple. I'm on the phone with Apple 45 minutes. Okay, I look at my calendar. I've lost an hour. Okay, what can I move from today to another day? Okay, great. Did it. In the old days, I would have picked up my adrenaline and expected everyone around me to go faster because now I'm stressed out, I'm short on time. And that anxiety, you know the drill, can't find my keys, knock over the coffee, blah, blah, blah. So the momentum is working against you. So by the idea of just moving one thing off my calendar that day, then I said, okay, let's go back and just continue work at a regular pace versus turning into hysterical Chris. Now, the personal life, I do agree should be on your calendar somewhat. I tell people all the time, this work calendar, you're going to grandma's birthday tonight, then it should be on your calendar so that you know not to have an early meeting tomorrow morning. These things should be there. But I think for most people, when you enter you know, your door tonight, you probably have an established routine already. We have dinner time with the kids at this time, then there's homework, then there was whatever. So don't get, don't overthink it. Go to the areas where it's not 
when you really are about producing. You're not about producing at home, but you are at work. So there's really simple to use strategies that you can implement immediately in win the hour, win the day. But I would focus on how can you, what I believe is you should start work refreshed and leave fresh. So how can you navigate through the day so that when you do get home, you're still fresh? Very good. So again, guys, if you're listening to uh, at this point, obviously the book is Win the Hour, Win the Day. And you can find out more at winthehourwintheday.com with Chris Ward. Uh, very, very cool book. Very cool idea. And then your podcast uh, is, you know, now your business podcast. And one of the things I like about your podcast too is, you know, these are, this is you teaching some pretty cool, um, pretty cool episode ideas about you teaching different elements and, uh, and, you know, just things that we need to know as an entrepreneur, things we need to know as someone who's managing our, our social uh, or our, our, our business life, I suppose. Um, so let, let's, let's talk about now about the, that, that hour. Okay. So let's forget about evening time. I get that. Don't be productive with the family. If I can just correct you for one second, one wee little thing. Oh, I'm do. not teaching anything on my podcast because I am oh, learning. I'm sorry. No, no. What I, I just want to qualify that. I am learning from the amazing people that I interview and asking questions and learning along the way. So it's just one word, but because I don't want to take overcompensate and take credit for something I don't do, I am interviewing amazing people like yourself and learning a lot from them. And that's aiding me on my entrepreneur journey. So I just want to put that out there. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I heard uh, some of them were like, you know, how to get, uh, how marketing has changed things, how yes. to make any social, right? Okay. So this is but that was fast the, interviews. Yeah. That was with, the guest I was interviewing would tell with me. With an how expert. That, yeah. 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 I love that. And you know, what's cool too. I really like this. Your podcast episodes are like nine minutes, 13 minutes, 11 minutes, you know, 25, sometimes they're a little bit longer, but a lot of these things, like go check it out. A lot of the episodes are like, you know, 10 minutes, give or take. And it's something you can just pick up. You can learn right along the way. Um, and I'm sure that falls into the uh, your hour uh, uh, breakdown. So tell me, how do I lay out an hour? I have an hour tomorrow morning. I don't do any of this stuff right now, Chris. Tomorrow morning is a cluster. How can I take an hour and do something great with it? So what I would tell you, it, there is the hour, but what I want you to do is change your mindset. So what I would say is that first hour of the day when you're freshest and some people go, oh no, maybe I'm fresher later in the day. That's not true. Science shows us, it's almost like your battery of your phone charge. Okay. So as you proceed through the day and you have decision fatigue or you're taken in different directions, then you have attention residue. You have all these things happening to your brain, sort of like your phone app has more apps. Uh, your cell phone has more apps open, so it burns your battery down quicker. So what I would say to you is the most powerful mistake that most people make is they start their day with their emails. So if you're working on a project, what I would recommend is that first hour of the day that re anything requires the most attention or focus you do that then it that way it doesn't we all I did this for years I would like have something really important like I'm going to write a book or do this and I would say okay I'm going to try to work really hard and get done around three and then work on that project and that right, doesn't happen right. it gets pushed but you're also working with much less you know efficiency at that hour because you're tired you're burnt out you're all these things you're stressed you're trying to beat the clock so you take that first hour and you do the most important and the work that requires the most focus and then you go to the next hour. And I would tell you, you can look at emails around 11 o'clock in the morning. So it's really taking the inventory you have and reorganizing it for highest efficiency. But Chris, people expect me to answer right away. And my job is very demanding and my emails and 
you know, what do yes. you say to that argument of, you know, no, I have deadlines and maybe someone, you know, I do a lot of television, uh, someone works in TV and you got all these deadlines and all these, you know, other people's fires. How do you approach with that philosophy, which I love, how do you approach other people's urgencies and reply at 11 o'clock and so forth? Everybody thinks your business is different. And all my clients come with that all the time. <laughs> and I hear that I all the time. So what I would say to you is, first of all, the most successful people in the world, um, they do not respond to you immediately. And you may say, that, well, they have a team and stuff like that. That's fine. But I would tell you the most successful people in the world, I thought when they got bigger and made their achievement, then they could afford the team. No, it's their view on time that made them successful, how they manage their time. So you may now know that they are Mr. So-and-so and they're really important, but they manage their time that way a long time ago and that's how they got there. So if you have all these fires to put out, then I would tell you there's other things that we can work on. Like I have a tier system with my emails. So there's you know, this email is direct contact with my clients. This email is all about social media alerts, things like that. There's a whole bunch of little simple free strategies that we put in place that you can do so that the information coming to you is sort of filtered down to, oh, I do need to know this now. I do, that stuff can wait till later. So I would tell you that the system isn't set up to support you right now. And that's why you feel like you are sitting there really like playing tennis, just waiting for things to come at you so you can you know, swipe the ball back. So the setup isn't there. Very good. Yeah. I, I think there, there's, you know, there was a little bit of a setup in that question too, because I think there's so much of retraining, you know, that we have to do. Like if I, same as you, you know, a lot of clients say, well, I can't, I want to try on that new attitude you're giving me, or I want to try this new strategy, but you don't understand my clients do this and, and they all need, like say a coach, you know, they yeah. all, my clients all need different times. And, and I said, you've trained them that yes. you're the one who's more flexible than they are. You've yeah. trained them to say, what works for you? What works for you? When yeah. for me, like if I'm going to do private work, any of my private clients know, I go, great, we're going to do private work. So here's what that looks like. Yeah. And then I do, I do calls on Fridays and what's, you know, I have a nine o'clock to one o'clock slot and that's when I do my calls. So here's an open slot and here's another open slot. And now yeah. here's the thing, the higher paying the client, the, the more flexible they become, which is really funny to me, yeah. but it's true. And I've never once had someone go, what? Well, I can't do that. So I can't believe you wouldn't move your life for me. When Absolutely. people are working with you, they will move and flex. And it's a good thing to be able to do that. So I think there's so much to training the people that you work with. And, and, and if you can be efficient, you know, I think this is to your point too, Chris, is if you can be efficient, like if you're not getting back to people until 11, fine. But if then you might not get to them at all, and then it might be the next day or it might be late at night, if they have no idea what to expect and you miss things all the time, that's very different than not replying at 8 a.m. in the morning and replying back at mid-morning. Because as long as you're on the ball, that's still, like, you're still there, right? Like, yeah. And here's a, a very good thing. And people are going to respect that. And here's another thing. If you, if I said, oh, I got a great prospect for you. They want to meet you tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. It could be a lot of money. You should go meet them. Oh no, I have to answer my emails first. You wouldn't say that. No. Right. I had a client and she uh, sold real estate out of Buffalo and God help her. She had three teenagers that like triplets. She had triplets and she sold real estate. And I tell you, I thought for a second, I don't know if I can help you because there is such a, you can't, you know, the variables in the real estate industry are so tight and so random. I get it. It is one of the few industries that's really, you have less control than any other business. And she said to me, oh my gosh, Chris, I worked 
less this year than I have all the previous years, the last 10 years. And I made like a lot more money and she could not believe the difference. And I wasn't hundred percent sure it was going to work with her and all the variables she had, but it did. Of course it did. Yeah. And look, in, in real estate, how much do you think, like when we talk about people's urgency and I know we're, we're coming to the conclusion of our time together, we're, we're winding down, but uh, you got me hot on this. Like I'm, I'm very excited. Um, how much of someone else's urgency do you think is legitimate and needs to be there? For instance, in the real estate industry, like if I went through with one client start to finish, and I used to be in the real estate industry, I would say that if everybody wants an answer today, everyone wants an answer yesterday, right? But there's probably some that there is a, a real legit urgency of something that happened. A seller just came back with XYZ condition, whatever it is. And if we don't deal with it now, there's probably that happens, but that's not the norm. Yeah. What percentage do you think of urgency is perceived urgency versus real? And you do in fact need to be there and respond. I Just think if you had to guess. for the most part, what happens is you're coming from a position of fear. If you show leadership and you've been doing this a while and you have a systems in place to support you and you look competent and confident, then people will follow that and sense that like, oh, you know, oh, I'm so glad you shared that with me. And I, I saw your email this morning. Let me tell you how we're dealing with that now. We blah, blah, blah. You just show leadership and they're fine. Very good. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome, Chris. Thank you so much for the time today. Um, final question as we kind of, as we, as we wind down here, win the hour, win the day um, of all the things that you've done and how you've handled situations in your life. I wouldn't say, could you change a situation, but of how you've handled situations, um, what would you change if anything, or would you leave it all the same? Oh, I wish I had learned this stuff earlier. I don't, I think I went in, in probably two and a half years without sleep when I first started my business. And there is, <laughs> there are some rumors on the street that I wasn't as charming when I was exhausted all the time. Like I was who, exhausted who <laughs> and I was kind of cranky. And I remember one day walking down the street and long path. And I thought I'll close one eye and nap with one eye while I'm walking because it's straight path. And then I'll close the other. Like that's ridiculous. Right. So I think I didn't enjoy the ride because I felt sick from being tired all the time. So I wish I had I wish I had when the hour, when the day, when I started, because you don't have to be that exhausted. You're not helping anyone and you're just not enjoying anything. Well, you can win, uh, you can win the hour and win your day right now by going to win the hour, win the day.com with Chris Ward. And if you go there, she has a really cool, amazing download called learn to crush your to-do list. And I think that probably is ambiguous because you can crush it and have it all done, but also crush the thing into a little ball because you're going to be owning your time, not having the list own you. So get how to crush your to-do list. It's at winthehourwintheday.com. And then follow Chris on LinkedIn, uh, Time Management Leading Authority, and Facebook, chrisward.ca. And make sure, of course, you know, grab the podcast. If you love podcasts, you will love Now Your Business by Chris Ward. Um, check it out. I'm looking forward to listening to some more episodes as well. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I sure appreciate your time, my dear, and I will talk to you real soon. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, guys, that is the show for today. So make sure you get out there this weekend and have an awesome, awesome weekend. Hey, and take Chris's you know, advice. Don't bring work home with you. You know, Sometimes you got to work on the weekend, but if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, own the hour. Take care of your time. Manage the time this week. Be efficient. Work on those important projects first so you can make massive momentum in the things you want to accomplish and the things you want to experience. 
and then carve out the time. I always carve out family time and I'm about to go do that right now. So carve out some family time this week, get out there and don't crush it, but get out there and enjoy it this weekend. I'll see you on Tuesday with a teaching Tuesday. Make sure you rate, subscribe and review if you haven't already on the on-demand platforms. You're listening in the car, wherever you are. Thank you for your listen. And you can always get these on demand twice a week, every single week at the Driven Entrepreneur, mattbrowningpodcast.com. See you then.